Philippians chapter 4. Kids, I'd, uh, there's Bibles right in the pew rack in front of you there. If you could find Philippians, if you could help your parents find Philippians chapter 4. Uh, there's a thingy in the front that tells you where Philippians is. Uh, and then you can go to chapter 4. We're going to handle the end of chapter 4, the end of the book of Philippians. And so uh, this is where we're at. Probably next week, uh, I'm still hashing this over. Next week, I'm going to do a, a review of some of the major themes of the book of Philippians. Uh, I just want to prolong uh, the book of Philippians. It was such a great study for us. Uh, oh, no, what am I going to do? Oh, no, what am I going to do? Uh, you ever say that? Some of you say it out loud. Some of you just say it in your head because you don't like to let people know. Oh, no, what am I going to do? Um, and when you say that, it could be any number of different things are happening. Um, oh, no, what am I going to do? Uh, for you students, uh, it could be that thing where you are uh, heading to school and you roll into class and your teacher has something on the board that says the paper was due, we're having a quiz you forgot about, you forgot to study for that final, whatever. If, it, if it's a final, you probably should know if it's the last, you know, you can't do it. Anyways, but, oh no, what am I going to do? Or maybe you're even looking at your grades and you're going, oh no, what am I going to do? Maybe it's something like that. Uh, some of you, uh, you might be out in your garage and you thought you were going to fix something. You're ambitious. And uh, you started taking things apart on your car that you needed to drive in tomorrow. And uh, you forgot the first rule of being a doctor. Do no harm. And uh, you, you, as you were thinking you were fixing things, you were actually breaking more things. And you say, oh no, what am I going to do? Maybe it's more serious than that. Maybe it's uh, when you look uh, at your bank account and the bills that are piling up and you say, oh no, what am I going to do? Maybe uh, there's some physical thing, health thing that's happening in you and you go to the doctor or it comes upon you and you have to call 911 and you say, oh, oh no, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Um, could be any number of different things. It might be a relationship where you say, oh no, what am I going to do? I don't know how I can fix this. Uh, this morning, this is what we're going to be looking at, the oh no, what am I going to do? How do you handle life? How do you do it? How, how do you handle the tests? How do you handle the health concerns? How do you handle it when you've lost your job? How do you handle it when you're feeling insecure? How do you handle it when you have to go do something hard that you feel embarrassed or you just are scared of? How do you handle it? How do you have, uh, find the confidence to know that you can proceed doing things that you really, it, it makes you crazy inside and you have that feeling of, oh no, what am I going to do? Um, that's what we're going to look at in a, uh, Philippians chapter 4. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you starting in verse 19. down through the end of the chapter. This is what God's Word says. And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 
to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are uh, with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. God, we ask your blessing on your word. We ask that this message would mark us in such a way that it would instruct our hearts for the days ahead. Help us not to forget uh, our need and your supply. Uh, God, we thank you for your kindness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So sometimes the, the idea of the Bible is kind of hard to understand, kids, uh, that we have a book, and, and chances are you have other books at your house. You have a bookshelf, and there's different books. I remember as a kid, uh, my parents got us a book a set of encyclopedias, which had all kinds of different things in alphabetical order that you could just kind of thumb through and learn stuff, and uh, and. They were books. They were even fancy books. They kind of looked even like this. They were well-bound and kind of fancy. And, uh, and they had stuff in them that was important and even true. Uh, but they weren't the Bible. They weren't the Bible. The Bible has books within the book, right? And I said the book of Philippians this morning. And the book of Philippians is a letter. It was a letter. And most of you know about letters. You've gotten a letter from someone before, maybe your grandparents or some family or friend that you, you love and they love you and they sent you a letter because they wanted to tell you something. And this book that we're looking at this morning is a letter to the church at Philippi. At Philippi. Philippi was a place. It was a place. It was a lot like Tehachapi. I don't know that it really was, like, but, but Tehachapi is our place. It's our place. It's the place where we live. And uh, if uh, we were to receive a letter, uh, maybe it would be called the Tehachapians. Uh, and, you know, that would have been a letter to the, the church, and really the, the church in Philippi. Uh, that's what we're looking at this morning. It was written uh, by a man named Paul. It was written by a man named Paul. And Paul was an apostle. Uh, and what an apostle is, is a special person that God chose out, that chose out in a special way that he would speak uh, his message, his message in a special way to this really first generation church, uh, the apostle Paul. And so as Paul wrote this letter, in a special way, him and God, him and God, wrote this letter in a special way that it would become God's Word. Very important that you get this, kids, that this book that we're looking at, the, the book of Philippians, is not just a letter written by a guy named Paul. It's a message from God. God made sure that Paul got the message right as he wrote it. And he wrote it to the church at Philippi. What's interesting also in that is that part of God's intention, what God wanted, was that Paul would get the message right and that it would be saved. It would be saved. That it would be written down. 
that it would be protected, that it would be protected. For what? That we would read it today, that we would read it today, that we would listen to this message. And so this letter was a letter written to the church at Philippi, uh, but as a secondary thing, as uh, uh, beyond that, kids, know this, that this letter was written to the church on Bear Valley Road and Plateau, the church right here. And so it's exciting as we get to look at God's Word this morning that we know that God wanted to speak to us through this great book. I want to tell you this too, kids. It's very important. Words mean things. Words mean, they have meanings. They have meanings. Uh, and you can't just make it up. You can't just make it up, especially as it comes to God's Word. Uh, God's Word doesn't mean, mean whatever you want it to mean. It means what it means. There's a message from God. And so our goal is not this morning to make it say what we want it to say, but we want to hear the specific message from God. And so we want to let the Word of God speak to us this morning. And so because these words mean things, it means that this is an important message for us this morning. This book, um, really the church at Philippi, uh, Philippi was the town, Philippi was in an area of Macedonia, maybe you could think of it as Tehachapi, California, right? Philippi, Macedonia, Um, you look at that and, and this church, this church that Paul's writing to, he was kind of the first one there at that church. He was traveling. He did some missionary journeys. He went around and him and a few others went to Philippi and no one really had heard about Jesus. And he shared uh, the good news of Jesus and people received it. And what happened was there were a few people and they began a church. Paul helped establish a church there. And that's who he's writing to as we look at this book. Paul was writing from Rome, writing from Rome. Uh, He was uh, far away. He was in Rome. He was vacationing in Rome. Uh, He wasn't really vacationing, kids. He was imprisoned, right? Uh, He got in trouble with the law for preaching the gospel, Jesus. And so he had to, he was stuck in Rome. You could say it that way. He was stuck in Rome, imprisoned. And he was writing, he was writing Uh, this letter from Rome to Philippi. Um, And this morning, we're looking at the conclusion, the last part, the last part of the letter. Um, He's tying things up with them, and he wants to give them one last thought uh, as he uh, shares his letter. Um, And so that's what we're looking at this morning. First thing I want to tell you, uh, church, is that... uh, God takes care of you. God takes care of you. And what does that mean? He just takes care of you. He just takes care of your every need. Um, and so this morning, I can say that to you. God takes care of you. Uh, and r- right now, even before we look at God's word, I-, I want you to say, well, if God takes care of me, then there's probably some things bouncing around in my head right now, right now, that I'm afraid of, 
I'm insecure about. I'm, uh, I'm worried about. Maybe I, you know, maybe even I'm fighting about with other people because I, I want this fixed. I want this fixed. And this morning, as we look to God's word, really the main message is that God takes care of you. Uh, kids, there might be some things that you're worried about. I just want to tell you, God takes care of you. So we start in verse 19, and, and kids, church, we've already been going through this week after week, right? A couple weeks ago, Pastor RJ preached about the secret of contentment and knowing how to deal with having a lot of blessings and, and having all the stuff that we want, but also not having that. And how to be okay and how to be content and how to uh, keep plowing through knowing the secret that God will be enough for you. And last week we looked at even the idea of, of giving and realizing that giving isn't an issue of getting things, but knowing that God will bless you with the fruit of spiritual things in the midst of that. And so verse 19 says this, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Paul starts out in verse 19 and he says, And my God, and my God. And if you would have read, and you, some of you have read the book of Philippians, Paul's talking about really his own testimony. How uh, he didn't know Jesus. He didn't know Jesus. He was working really hard to be great. He was seeking to get the medals, if you will. Couldn't have set that up any better this morning. I just tell you, the surprise box. I wasn't cheating or nothing. Uh, uh, but that idea of getting medals, that's what Paul was all about. He was seeking to be the best. He was seeking to be the best all the time. And he traded that idea of being the best, going after it, self-effort. He, he gave that up that he might have all that was in Christ. That Jesus was going to be enough for him. And, and, and I, I, I look at that, um, I look at that and I go, that's the God he's talking about. The God who has given a, him everything that he has in his son Jesus. He goes, that's who I'm talking about. Paul's saying, the same God that's enough for me, church at Philippi, people hanging out in the city of Philippi who meet as the church, my God is the one I'm talking about here, the one that I've already shared with you about, the one that I've given my life to. I, I've abandoned my works so that I could have the son Jesus, the one that I'm in relationship with. That's who I'm talking about. I want to tell you, uh, kids, you don't make up God. You don't make up God. He is who he is, and he's revealed in his word. And so Paul, as he was wanting to encourage these people for a last time, he said, and my God, uh, as he spoke uh, from his own journey of faith, he was saying, that's who I'm talking about. He knew that... Uh, God had been enough for him, and so now he was sharing with them that God, the God who had been enough for him, would be enough for them. That's true for us this morning. He confidently says this in verse 19. He says, And my God will supply, will supply. I am confident that he will supply 
uh, what you need, okay? The blessings. Uh, he will bless you. He will give to you. I, I think when it, that word supply, I, I think of uh, like w- when you are working on a car, or working on a project, and you say, oh, I need this. I need this. Where am I going to get this? You go to a supply store of some sort. Uh, and and depending on whether they have the part you need, it's a good supply store or not, right? And But but you need it. And if you don't have it, you, you start looking around for other things that will work. And sometimes they won't work. And this idea that, that we have needs, we have needs. Uh, kids, you... You probably already know this, but you have needs, right? You have needs. You you have things that you go, oh, this is a mess. I need something to add to this for this to be okay. Who's going to supply that? How do I I get things? Um, Most of the time, uh, when we come up to a problem... uh, how do we get a supply? How do we fix things? Work hard, right? Do it myself. Think really hard. Think really hard. Work harder, longer, faster, smarter, right? I can do it. I can do it. Even sometimes we pump ourselves up, right? We go in a corner and we go, I can do it. I can do it. That's where we get our supply sometimes. We seek to make it happen for ourselves. We uh, depend on our own self-effort. And then, you know, in the end, you know, we, we look at the 100% on our paper and say, who scored the 100%? I did. I did it myself. Who got the money? I did, because I worked harder and I was smarter than everybody else. Worked longer and I wasn't dumb like those other people. Who built the house? Well, I did, because I was ambitious, and I was, had a vision, and I was able to do that. Who got the job? Well, I was, because I got educated, and then I went and got it, right? I went and maneuvered my way into the position. I have all these friends. You know why? Because I'm likable and popular. Um, I'm funny. And I, I want to say it this, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Not without a supplier. Not without a supplier. When I was a kid, uh, we lived in Santa Barbara, kind of at the base of uh, the San Marcos Pass, if you know the area. And over the hill there uh, was San Inez and Solvang. And from time to time, uh, we would go up there and get Swedish meatballs and danishes and wander around the place where they have clogs and stuff like that, okay? There's no pictures in, uh, on the interwebs or anything of Pastor Kevin and clogs, okay? I just want to, don't look for it. Um, but uh, I remember when I was a kid, young, you know, first, second, third grade or something, there was this one particular store, there was one particular store, it was a, it was a toy store, and it had these little wood kits. They, they were kits uh, like model trucks, model trucks. They were these incredible wood kits. And they were very simple, very simple to put together. And Pastor Kevin's not the engineer type at all, at all. Um, 
And in fact, one of my trucks that I made from one of these kits uh, had the dually in the front. Okay, you can just figure that out, okay? Uh, hard to turn, hard to turn. But um, the, I, I got these kits, I got these kits, and I, I used to put them together, and there weren't like a, a bunch of different steps, but they, but they came with directions, and obviously I didn't always use the directions based on my previous statement. But I, I remember, I, I remember putting these together, and I had maybe 10, 12 of them, and I think I still have them somewhere, but finding them might be a little difficult. Uh, but I, I remember putting them together, and then someone coming over to our house, and me bringing them out, and showing them to them. And, and, and they were amazed, and they go, you made that? And, and I remember kind of getting stuck. Like, and eventually I said, yeah, I made that. And then I'm thinking, no, I didn't. I didn't make, I could have never made this. It would have taken me, like, trial, like, there's no way I could have ever made this. Maybe I could have, but I, I, like, I just snapped this thing together in seven steps or something like that. And, and so for me to talk about how great this was without talking about the one who supplied what I had to work with was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And this morning, uh, I want to tell you what we're looking at this morning for your needs, for your needs. Paul says, my God, the one I've been talking about, will supply. Like he, he's the one that will give you what you need. He, he's the one that's behind you. He's the one that will make the difference for you. And my God will supply it won't be from your self-effort. It will be from him supplying every need of yours. Every need of yours. Now, uh, what do you need right now? Think about it in your mind. What do you need right now? And you, some of you say, uh, I need a job. I need health. I need this amount of money. Uh, some of you say, well, I need to get better at, I gotta need a better math grade. I need to be faster. I need to be more popular. I need to get along with my family members better. I, I need, th these are the things that I need. Um, there's two really kinds of needs that I want to talk about this morning. First of them are, are material needs. Now, kids, I want to ask you a question. Look up here at Pastor Kevin, okay? Uh, do you need food? Some of you are nodding. Some, some of you kids are going, well, not right now. Like, I already ate. You know, we had a great egg breakfast, and hopefully maybe even had pancakes or waffles or something like that. Awesome. Uh, but uh, uh, do you need food? And you say, well, I don't need food all the time, but I do need food. Uh, what, what happens, if, that's, that's a material need, right? You, you need a house to live in, uh, food to eat, uh, you even can think of air to breathe, right? Uh, you would say, I, ho I hope you say, I need family. I need a mom and a dad, and I need my brothers and sisters. Uh, maybe not, but uh, we're just talking about needs here, right? We're needs. What, what do we need? What do we need? There's material needs, right? But there's also spiritual needs, kids. There, there's also things you need spiritually. Are you a sinner? 
Have you sinned? Have you sinned? If you've sinned, you need someone to forgive you. You need someone to take care of that sin. That's a, that's a spiritual need, right? Uh, you need someone to keep you going in faith, right? To keep you encouraged. You need wisdom that comes from the Lord, right? These are spiritual needs. And, and the idea of life eternal, life eternal in heaven, that's a spiritual need too. You need an eternal home, an eternal home, one that will last forever. There's material and there's spiritual needs. Uh, this morning... Um, you might be concerned with both of them, right? Uh, you might uh, be wondering about both of them. I, I have these material needs, but I also have these spiritual needs. And what does he say? Um, he says, all of them, all of them. As you look in God's word this morning, uh, verse 19, And my God will supply every need of yours, every need of yours. And you're going, great, I got it. So all I need to do is make a list of all my needs and hand them over to God and he'll supply. I want to tell you, uh, it doesn't work that way. You know why? Because you don't know what you need. You have no idea what you need. You, you have some ideas, right? Oh no, what am I going to do? I feel like I have a need. But, but some of the needs that you think you have, God does not agree with you. God has a different plan for you. Some of you are thinking right now, well, there's the difference between needs and wants. Needs and wants. Uh, and if it's needs, God provides for it. If it's wants, he does not provide for it. Is that true? You go out in the parking lot and some of you have nicer cars than you need to. How'd you get them? God provided for you, right? There's no, there, there's no, there's no big deal in that, right? There's no, uh, there's no guilt or shame and all that. God, God provided for you. He provided for you. Does He only provide for the things uh, that you need and not the things that you want? You, you know, it's interesting. Um, and I could say this too. Uh, those of you who are married, uh, why did you get the spouse that you got? How, how did you get there? You say, it's a long, complicated story. I'd rather, rather not share it in church. Okay? I'll, t- I'll give you the answer. I'll unpack it theologically. It was part of God's plan. It was part of God's plan. And I would even say it this way. It's a spouse you needed. The spouse you needed. It was God's provision for you. Isn't that that wild? You say, No, I wanted to get married to them. Yeah, you wanted it, but you had other crazy ideas too, ridiculous things that you wanted to do, and they didn't happen, right? That was somehow part of God's plan for you, part of God's blessing you and supplying you with what you needed. What you needed. It's complicated here, kids, doesn't it? It's not always cut and dry. And I want to tell you this, that somehow whatever's going on today in your life is part of God supplying what is needed in your life. Think about that. 
uh, w- one of the things that I'm struggling with this today, this last week in the Bosler family, um, Rebecca's, uh, well, my brother-in-law, Rebecca's sister's husband, who's 46, he had a stroke. He has four kids. And uh, it's easy uh, sometimes to talk about the scripture just in terms of what the words say in a sterile environment in seminary. Not talking about real people's lives. Well, what does this have to do with my brother-in-law? What does this have to do with him today? Is it still true? Is it still true? Yes, it is still true. Paul's God, my God, because I follow the same God Paul does, will supply all his needs, all his needs, will, will somehow be the supply that will meet his needs today. You look at that, and it's very overwhelming. It's very overwhelming to think through that God will be with you and be your supplier for your needs. And he'll decide what your needs are, too. He knows that. He knows what's best for you. We think we know what our needs are, but we don't. And so we trust in a God who's working out his plan in our midst. Every need of ours. As you look in this passage, he, Paul goes on, he says, Every need of yours according to his riches and glory. L- let me ask you a question. How much money do you have on you right now? In your pocket. I will tell you exact, to the penny what I have right now. Not a, not, a, not a penny. Not a zero. Zippo. Okay? I don't carry my wallet. Not that that would have helped me any in this conversation. Uh, okay? And, and, and what if I said to you, uh, what if I came up to you and said, I will supply your needs financially? And you'd say, oh, no, what am I going to do? <laughs> that guy doesn't have any money. What if I came up to you and you said, I'm struggling in this health? And you said, don't worry. I will supply all your needs. And you say, oh, no, he doesn't know anything. Oh, no. What do you have? What do you have? And, and this is very important for us to think through. I, I joke about myself, but some of you think, self, I'll depend on myself. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because the reason that this should bring us great comfort, knowing that God will supply all of our needs, it's according to His riches, not our own. Think about the riches of heaven. That, that, that's the picture here. As you look at this, it says, according to his riches and glory, right? Really the idea of glorious heavenly riches. We may uh, not have any resources to supply anyone with anything, nor the wisdom to know what they need anyways. And so uh, we trust in the one who... It's according to his riches and glory. Uh, it, remember this. For those of you who've been walking with us in this passage, uh, it's good to know this, that it ends, verse 19, 
in Christ Jesus. That means in relationship with him. In your relationship with Jesus, all this will be taken care of. God will supply all your needs. I want to tell you, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, uh, all this supplying and all this taking care of is not yours because it's not in Christ. Uh, He starts with a relationship for him. Um, Kids, if you want to see this again, it's important for you to see it. Verse 20, it says, To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. You know what that means? It means that he deserves the praise forever and ever. He deserves the praise today for all that he's done and all that he will do. And guess what's going to be true tomorrow? And guess what's going to be true tomorrow? And guess what's going to be true when you're 89 or 94 or even higher than that? I can't imagine, but God's still going to be deserving of praise. And and it's the idea that when we look at the medals, thank you, Jordan, for hooking me up today. Uh, when we look at the medals, for us to remind ourselves that God's been good to us, that, that we can be thankful. We're coming in to that, that season where we try to be thankful. And, and it should be easy for us because when we realize that he's been our supplier of all that we needed, it all goes back to praising him. It all goes back to him being the source of anything good in our lives. So he deserves the praise, the credit, um, the incredible, uh, if anything is beautiful in our life, it's because of him. It's because of him. Which brings us to verse 21. Super important uh, principle for us kids. I, I I want you to get this, okay? Uh, The second point this morning, the first point that I had for you this morning was this. God takes care of you. The second point is this. Uh, Say hi. Say hi to the family, even the ones you haven't met yet. Okay? You look at verse 21. It says this. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. This is Paul saying, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. What he's saying to the church at Philippi, all the people... At church at Philippi, they are saints. They are people that have been saved. Say hi to them. Say hi to them for me. Greet them. Greet them. And Paul undoubtedly didn't know all of them. He didn't know all of them. Some had come to faith and uh, he, he knew some of them. He remembered them coming to faith. But undoubtedly the church had grown. The gospel had spread. And he says, greet them. Why? Because we're family. Because we're family. There's something special between us. Because they're saints, they've been saved, they're holy. There's something special about those people. Greet them. And then he says this, the brothers who are with me greet you. Paul's saying, yeah, and uh, say hi to them for me, but I want to tell you, all the brothers, the, the believers around me, probably Luke and Timothy and maybe some others, uh, all of them want to greet you. They want to say hi to you. Why? Because we're brothers, right? They're your brothers. And you say, well, we don't have the same mom. Yeah, but know this, because of the gospel, we've been adopted into the family. And so there's this special relationship. Um, Think about, what, what do you think about people who live in San Francisco? What about Baghdad? 
What about Moscow? You say, ooh, those are kind of weird places. I've been there before. I didn't want to go back. You know, uh, there's, I don't know, like, I don't know if I like the people there. I don't know if I want to hang out with the people there. And, and there may have been some of that there. I, I, I was talking, I was down in Bakersfield this last week, and I can't remember what I was doing, but um, I, you know, somebody said something about Bakersfield, and I laughed, and, I, and they said, why are you laughing? And I said, well, I grew up in Santa Barbara, and Santa Barbara were snobs, and uh, we always made fun of people in Bakersfield. It was just what thing people from Santa Barbara, they do, you know? And so I did that. And uh, most of my kids were born in Bakersfield. Isn't that ironic? You know, uh, uh, now I go, when I'm going to the big city, I go to Bakersfield, right? Okay. We have these, these separations. We have these separations. But listen to this. He says, Greet all the saints there because they're special to me. Even if I haven't met them yet, they're special to me. And in fact, the brothers here greet you because you're special to them because of Jesus, even, even if we don't know each other that well. And then uh, lastly, he says this in verse 22, he says, all the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household, okay? And he says he, he, he has kind of the brothers, maybe the ones that were close to him, and he says, in fact, all the saints that I, I bumped into, they all greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. And he doesn't define that, but know this, that Caesar had uh, workers, slaves, guards, all, all these people that were around, and Rome basically existed for Caesar, okay? And there were all these people that served Caesar, and know this, that some of them had trusted in Jesus Christ. They'd been marked by the gospel. They considered, even though they served in Caesar's household, they said, we're connected with you people in Philippi because we serve the same master. We have the same God. We've been saved in the same way. We've been brought into the same family. He ends this book as many others. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Reminding them that uh, based on Jesus, this is the way we go. This is the way we continue on. Three things, kids, as we tie up our time here. Things to remember. And, and this is it, kids. I, I want you to get this. When you read the Bible, when you read the Bible, you should always stop at the end and go, what should I remember? What should I remember? How should I think about things differently so that I would act differently? So that it would somehow educate the way I live and somehow I'll remember this when I'm playing with my friends or I'm listening to my mom or I'm fighting with my siblings or whatever we're doing. I want to know what God says and that needs to guide my steps. Here's three things to remember. Uh, first thing is this, God knows and will supply what we need. God knows and will supply what we need, okay? He will be enough for you. He'll be enough for you. Whatever's going on today and you, oh, no, what am I going to do? God will be enough for you today, okay? Number two, God deserves the praise and thanksgiving for everything and in everything, okay? Uh, he is the great one. He is the great one. I realize that you might go to school, and I realize that 
Uh, you might be out on the playground. I realize your mom and dad might say you're the greatest, but just remind yourself, remind yourself, and maybe even remind others, God's the one that's great. He's the one that deserves the praise and thanksgiving. And lastly, kids, remember this, that Jesus makes us family. Jesus makes us family. Um, it's real important for us to not cross people off. Cross people off. It's real important, kids. You may look at someone and you go, I hate them. I'm never playing with them. I'm never going to get along with them. They've done something to me, and I, I don't care about them ever. You may say, well, I'm just going to avoid them. Maybe even at church here, you say, uh, I'll just you know, go to the other side of the room. I want to tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. Why? Because Jesus makes us family. Jesus makes us family. And how long is that going to go on? Forever, which is a very long time, which is a very long time. And so I want to encourage you to work things out today, to look at people and, and that idea of greeting them and treating them special and overlooking things and say, I, I care about you. Even though we're struggling right now, I care about you. I may not even know you that well, but I care about you. Why? Because of Jesus, because Jesus makes us family. Please join with me in prayer.